This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. The World Market Watch is brought to you by CMB Preferred. BFM 89.9, it's 7.06, Tuesday, 17 of January, a lovely Tuesday morning, and we're seeing the sunrise across Tamantun and its lovely colours of yellow and orange. And of course, you're listening to The Morning Run with Chong Jensen and I'm Wong Xiaoning. Now, in about 30 minutes, we'll be speaking to Catherine Lim of Bloomberg Intelligence on the outlook of for China's consumer sector. But let's recap how global markets closed yesterday. U.S. markets were closed for Martin Luther King Jr. Day. However, Asian markets for the Nikkei was down by 1.1%. Hang Seng was up marginally by 0.04%. Shanghai Composite was up by 1%. The Straits Times Index, it was down by 0.3%. And the FBMKLCI, it was down by 0.1%. So, for some answers in terms of where global markets are heading this week, we speak to Joel Quinlan, Chief Market Strategist at the U.S. Trust Bank of America, Private Wealth Management. Good morning, Joel. Thanks for speaking to us despite it being a holiday in the U.S. I do want to start with corporate results season. It's, you know, I think it's going to be full-blown very soon. We already saw some banks reporting. What are your expectations there? Because it seems like we're going to get uh, lower earnings and margin compression across the board. Is that going to be, is that your expectations? It is in general. We're looking for lower guidance, uh, earnings to come in. Hey, there'll be some you know, misses, some hits. But the biggest issue, as you talk about, the guidance will be lower. So this is going to be a good earnings season in the sense that companies will throw in the kitchen sink, right? They're going to throw all the bad news at us. We're going to mark down earnings. And it's going to be a reset, which I think is going to be healthy because the market expectations are still looking for earnings growth for 23 to rise by, say, 5%, 7%. That's too optimistic. So we're going to reset, begin again. It, it, to me, it's, it's bullish, but it's, going to, but it's based off bad news, so to speak. And Joe, some of the bank heavyweights like Goldman Sachs and Morgan Stanley understand they're due to re- release results later today. Do you have a sense of what to expect and more importantly, the likely guidance given? Well, you know, th- those type of financial companies are big, big on trading, M&A activity uh, in particular, less so commercial banking. So I think the you know, results are going to be mixed. The uh, M&A deal activity was down last year. Everyone knows that should be priced into the stock. A lot of the trading, uh, whether it's fixed income, equities, that's been pretty robust. So it's going to be a mixed picture. But you know, a lot of the big banks are already announcing layoffs. And so they're, they're pulling in their horns with increased loan loss provisions. So, you know, we're getting ready for that recession storm that doesn't look like it's coming anytime soon. The fourth quarter GDP numbers could be as high as 4%. We got a good head of steam beginning now here, beginning of the year. So this recession is like, Hurry up and come already, and I'd rather see it sooner rather than later. Okay, aside from basically cutting jobs, what other strategies do you think companies will actually use to ride out these bearish economic conditions? Because in the past, we did see U.S. companies in particular being very aggressive with share buybacks. Is that going to happen? Are they also going to lower dividend payouts? I don't think they have to go to that extent. Um, maybe we don't increase the dividend payout that much, but for the last two years, they've been pretty healthy, share buybacks and dividends. Um, I think one thing that we could see that could hurt technology even more is a cutback in capital expenditure, remember tech spending. Companies are pulling in their horns, they're laying off workers, um, and what could follow be just less investment in technology, cyclically speaking. So that, that could be a play as well. So, I, But I do think the share buybacks and the dividends – 
I mean, don't don't expect an increase in 23. That's not realistic. But we're not looking for anything as dramatic as we saw during the great financial crisis when we you know, went to zero on some cases. And Joe, despite rampant inflation and geopolitical conflict, the performance of the European equities has been quite bullish with the benchmark index up 18% from its trough in late September. What do you see as the fundamentals driving European stocks upwards? Well, it's, it's a great question, I, and we missed that. I wish I hadn't missed that. But it, one thing in particular is that the energy crisis that everyone was expecting to hammer Europe during the, win- during the winter isn't happening. Uh, you know, weather, a fluke of the weather. The, the weather has been very warm in Europe. Their gas storage capacity, natural gas capacity, it's at a higher level than it normally is, which means Europe has a lot more energy to burn through before there's any problems. And then also, you've, you've seen really the government's cap prices. You're seeing inflation came down again in December. So, you know, the backdrop in Europe, we still think there could be a, like a one or two quarter contraction, but they've thus far avoided the worst in terms of that steep downturn and recession on earnings. But keep in mind, no one can call the war. No one can call the war in Ukraine and what happens next. And Joe, it's going to be a very busy week for the economic calendar in the United States. You've got U.S. housing starts, initial jobless claims, Philadelphia Fed Index, you've got a Fed beige book. What are all these important data points going to tell us about the state of the economy and will that be reflected in how the Fed behaves on February the 1st? Well, February 1st, we expect the Fed to go 50 basis points, but there's a big debate that the Fed just has to do 25 basis points. So anything that's released this week, I don't think is going to change the mind of the Fed not to raise rates, whether it's 50 or 25 remains to be seen. But the stronger the data, better the data we see, uh, I think that pushes forward uh, the, the prospect of the Fed hitting the pause button. But the pause button's different than cutting rates. We're still not, you know, the markets are expecting the Fed to cut rates by the year end. That's still on the table. Uh, one thing in particular, you know, inflation is rolling over hard and fast in the U.S. So, you know, it, it's a very interesting dynamic. It could be very risk on. It could help play out globally. So I think the data is going to suggest that the economy is, you know, a lot healthier than the Fed actually wants it to be. Okay. Do you think this time, though, the Fed is going to be too late in pausing rates because they were too late in raising rates? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Great, great, great question. Um, based on their past performance, you would think they're going to overdo it. Uh, well, we'll see. The thing is, if they pause, it's going to be closer to, say, 5% Fed funds rate. And I think they're going to keep it there. I think that they could err on staying too high for too long as opposed to you know, continuing to raise rates. And you know, the, the Fed is going to have to be just have to be absolutely convinced that inflation is heading back towards two percent. And that, that it's a great question because that's going to be the tug of war in the markets: is the Fed going too far, keeping rates high, as opposed to you know being more dovish, speaking to the markets. And Joe, most of the recent job cuts in the U.S. have been in the tech space. But do you see this trend of uh, more job cuts extending to other sectors? If so, which ones are looking a bit more vulnerable? Well, we're seeing it, you know, in media, entertainment, uh, technology. But remember, the tech workers are getting rehired right pretty quickly because there's still a shortage of uh, that, that type of labor force, uh, that, those workers. Housing markets rolled over a little bit, so construction might weaken a bit, uh, a bit here. But honestly, I mean, th- th- when I talk to small, medium-sized companies, large companies, there's still a dearth of labor. We just don't have enough workers out there. So any, I think any sectors that are released workers, those workers are going to be absorbed elsewhere because we're just running flat out. We got 
We've got 10 million job openings in this country. So anyone who wants a job can get a job. Okay, Joe, one last question from us, and that's uh, a bigger picture question because the Treasury Department has warned that the U.S. will reach its debt limit on January 19 and will require extraordinary measures from Congress to avoid a default. How concerned should financial markets be with this event? Well, they should be concerned, um, you know, near-term headline risk, but don't overreact. In the sense that, you know, the U.S. government is going to pay their bills. The dollar is still the world's reserve currency. What it could do is kind of push the, the, the dollar to the downside, maybe get investors to invest outside the United States and Europe, Southeast Asia, could help, you know, push the, that, that momentum in that direction. But I'm not concerned that the U.S. can't pay its bills or that it won't. It will. Uh, but the optics, the circus, I mean, you know, it's just – it's too bad we have to live through this, but I think we're going to have to do, you know, go through the circus one more time. It can't be any worse in 2011 when the, you know, our credit rating was lowered. I don't see that happening. So we've already seen this show. We know how badly it can end, but look where the U.S. economy is today. It's still number one. All right. Thank you very much for your time. That was Joe Quinlan, Chief Market Strategist at the U.S. Trust Bank of America Private Wealth Management. Telling us, unfortunately, we have to watch this circus again where there are concerns that the US, uh, the debt ceiling will be raised, uh, will not be raised. And as a result, you know, it won't pay its bills. But he doesn't think it's, it's, it's basically something to that will capture headlines, but will have no effect on capital markets. Um, the dollar is still the reserve currency of strength. It is still the number one economy. Things still just chug along. Yeah, I think in terms of the corporate results, he does think that most corporates will take the opportunity to kitchen sink. And currently, consensus is expecting uh, 2023 earnings growth of 5 to 7%. And I'm quite surprised that the number is actually quite low, but he does expect more cuts for, for 2023. So I guess that that will be deemed uh, quite positive because that we will reset at a lower level and uh, earnings uh, visibility or earnings results for 2023 uh, will be a bit more in line with expectations then. And in terms of your European equities, I think uh, we saw a, a big surge in European equities and he thinks that happens because of the energy crisis, which really didn't happen in Europe. And we see gas levels which are higher than previously. The weather is also a bit warmer than expected. Okay, so we look at these earning expectations, right? And why it's 7 to 8%. I think a lot of it has to do with the base effect that we saw in 2022. So certain sectors did really well. Technology continued to do well. So in 2023, if technology doesn't do well, then perhaps your Joe is right that analysts should be more aggressive when it comes to you know, uh, cutting their earnings expectations. But at the moment, that hasn't been the case. But increasingly, as we talk to all our commentators, you get the sense that I think it's pretty much, is it in the price? Maybe it is in terms of earnings cuts, right? Uh, but the year starting very well for the S&P 500, it closed up 4% on Friday. NASDAQ year-to-date also up close to 6% on a year-to-date basis. Will this kind of mini rally continue? We'll find out. Or is it just portfolio managers looking at, you know, this January effect and rebuilding their portfolios as they enter the beginning of the year? Uh, we'll, we'll be watching this very closely. Up next, we'll cover the top stories in the newspapers and portals this morning. Stay tuned for that. BFM 89.9. The World Market Watch is brought to you by CIMB Preferred. Moving forward with you. Visit cimbpreferred.com.my for their preferential services beyond banking. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.